Welcome to Boobs Aren't Worth Dying For, the podcast dedicated to integrative health and healing from breast cancer and breast cancer treatment using the best of conventional and natural medicine. Your host, Deborah Beaumont, is an advanced practice nurse, functional medicine practitioner, and fellow breast cancer survivor. Hi, welcome to today's episode of Boobs Aren't Worth Dying For. My name is Deborah Beaumont, and I'm your host. I would like to continue our conversation today about functional medicine and specifically some issues that I think apply to functional medicine and cancer and breast cancer specifically. I personally have a background in training as an advanced practice nurse and practiced in medicine much of my career, and I have advanced training in functional medicine. I find that I draw on both of those areas in the work that I do with my clients. Oddly enough, as much as I work with clients around functional medicine principles and integrative health, I frequently find that I'm helping them interpret the medical world and medical terminology and diagnoses and medications and things that are thrown at them and help them understand the consequences of particular medications or treatments. Because all too often, the medical world can be very directive, but they don't back that up with information to allow people to understand the pros and cons. I think that's where functional medicine really is valuable to me because as I have moved along in my study of functional medicine, what really stands out to me is that functional medicine is really an integration of the best that we have of Western medicine, understanding biochemistry, physiology, and how our body operates, and understanding other aspects of healing and how we can balance our body and treat underlying conditions and underlying imbalances comes from the world of functional medicine. That's not a particularly common viewpoint in Western medicine. They really are trained to focus on disease management, symptom management, and they do that largely through prescriptions and surgery. And while that's one approach and those things are oftentimes needed, I find that all too often they're not enough. I get people that are contacting me having other very significant side effects so they're not feeling well. They can have the situation where the prescriptions aren't helping, but their doctors don't know what else to do. Or they can be taking the prescriptions and just feel like it's mildly helping and still feel like there's an underlying problem and that something isn't right. And when you get to one of those places, all too often doctors don't really have anything else to draw from. Some do, but many don't. I think that that's where functional medicine can really play an important role. Sometimes when I think about the approach, I think it really comes down to how you view cancer. Up until about 20 years ago, it was kind of an attitude that cancer was a genetic issue, and if you had the genes for it, you either got it or you didn't. Well, in reality, about 20 years ago, a lot more information started coming out by researchers that really started looking at cancer as a different process, not just something that you were predisposed to either get or not get, but something that was really affected by lifestyle factors. These researchers came out, I think, the year 2000, talking about the 10 characteristics of cancer, the cancer terrain. And in that work, they were able to start talking about metabolically what a cancer cell does in order to divide and grow and become a cancer in the body. 
And what they were talking about is that cancer cells use certain nutrients to grow. They have different chemical and receptor makeup in order to use nutrients like glucose and insulin in our body much more aggressively in order to grow as a cancer cell as opposed to healthy cells. Anybody with an estrogen positive cancer has heard about estrogen receptors. So breast cancer that is estrogen positive can actually use estrogen as a growth source. It's sort of like putting gas on a fire and can allow much more aggressive growth. But there are some other characteristics that make cancer sort of a metabolic process. These researchers were able to talk about the fact that cancer has a way of shielding itself from the body so that it evades the detection of the normal immune system. In doing that, can do things like set up its own blood supply, cause more clotting in the body, um, or certainly in the environment around the tumor, because that allows it to evade detection. What's important to understand about that is if you understand all those mechanisms of how cancer actually develops and grows and starts behaving abnormally, that there are a lot of interventions to implement that can really decrease all those conditions that cancer needs to spread. So that means decreasing overall levels of inflammation in the body. Eating a more low glycemic diet has been shown to help. Actually, diets like the ketogenic diet have been shown to help. They actually have been looking at fasting for short periods of time before and after chemotherapy and radiation can help patients recover more quickly. And all of those things are things that have come about from our increasing understanding of cancer and how it acts in our body, thing that we can influence by our lifestyle choices and our diet. And that's really where the rubber meets the road for traditional doctors. Many of them, most of them actually, are not trained in nutrition and they're not trained in supplements. And so a lot of times they can be very dismissive and actually very negative about their patients using these alternative treatments, not because that's really based on a well-informed, knowledgeable place. It's just because they don't know and haven't been trained. And I think that's the beauty of seeing an integrative oncologist or seeing a practitioner who has had additional training and how all of these pieces can come together and give you the most effective approach to dealing with this because cancer isn't just a one-dimensional thing. What they're finding out is that the many layers of cancer and the multi-dimensionality of it needs to be dealt with with as many tools as we can muster. With all that being said, there are absolutely times that we need Western medicine. I also hear from the other side, from the alternative health world, people who are just absolutely anti-medicine. Anything from Western medicine is bad and everything alternative is good and I don't embrace that philosophy either. My perspective is highly influenced by the fact that I've been there and I have had to face these really difficult choices and I've had to face that fear and continue to live with that fear. It changes my perspective. A lot of times when I hear people talking about just using alternative methods or using frozen lemon juice or, I don't know, baking soda or whatever is going around the internet, often what goes through my head is, have you been there? Is this what you're basing your life on? Because this is a life and death decision. There are a few things that are as terrifying as cancer and no one has the answer. Oncology and medicine doesn't have the answer, and the alternative health world doesn't have the answer. But the more we know and the more we can incorporate 
the things that we're learning and the more we can learn to take care of ourselves in terms of our overall health, I think the better chance we've got. It's funny, sometimes the only time that uh, Western medicine is open to sending someone to an, an integrative practitioner is when they've hit the end of the road and they don't have any more to offer. That's unfortunate because I think that there is a lot we can do at each stage of this prevention, treatment, and the area that I particularly focus on is what happens after treatment. More and more cancer programs are being asked to develop survivorship programs because there's more and more people surviving and living with cancer as a long-term illness. But the fact is, is that our entire medical system is largely geared towards oncology treatment, meaning while you're in treatment. Then you ring the bell and then they say, great, come back in a few months, take these prescriptions in between and hope for the best. And that's just not good enough. Cancer takes 10 to 20 years sometimes to develop. It's not something that developed in a week or a month. It's the end of of a long process. So all of those conditions that actually went into originally making us more susceptible to cancer are actually just as important in terms of helping us recover and decrease our likelihood of it coming back. There's a lot of information about out there and it's very conflicting and it's hard to sort through it and it's hard to make sense of it. Very often I have clients come in to see me who are suffering from the effects of treatment. They have ongoing brain fog. They have debilitating exhaustion. They have gut problems. They have food intolerances. They have developed reflux. They have neuropathy. Any number of symptoms that continue long after treatment is done. And unfortunately, Western medicine doesn't have a lot to offer. So as a functional medicine practitioner, most practitioners I know, they'll look at doing comprehensive lab testing. A functional medicine practitioner often will look at labs differently than a doctor. A doctor is often looking for highs and lows and abnormal, and a functional medicine practitioner is often looking for what's optimal. So sometimes if you look at certain labs, you can see that it's not at the optimal level to give you good energy and vitality. It's something that can be improved upon, even though clinically it wouldn't show as abnormal to a traditional practitioner. One of the things to emphasize is that this uh, field of study is really based in education and involving you in the process. It's not a matter of just giving you a prescription. It's, it's a matter of helping you understand what's going on and helping you figure out what changes you want and can make and doing it in a way that feels manageable because it can all feel overwhelming. And I think a very common experience in Breast cancer is already feeling information overloaded. So if you're going to be looking at these things, it has to be done in a way that you can take it in and incorporate it and not feel even more overwhelmed. I'd like to mention one last thing that is something that actually got me very interested in working with patients as they are finishing treatment. And that is, I knew a lot of women who were describing feeling depressed or down or tired or fatigued after treatment. And that came as a surprise to them because they really thought they'd feel better. They thought they'd feel relieved that treatment was over, which I think you can experience both those things at the same time. This becomes a time 
when a lot of the emotional things that you probably didn't have the time or energy to deal with while you were in the active part of diagnosis and, and treatment starts catching up with you. That's when, you know, uh, you start thinking about the process and the emotional reality of it kind of sets in, which I think sometimes can be delayed because when you're in treatment, you know, you have to mobilize your resources to deal with what's right in front of you. And I think sometimes it's when you're at a place that it's not right in front of you that the full weight of the diagnosis and everything that goes with it can uh, feel very heavy and can feel very difficult. And I say that because this is a time when I think that you really need to actively have support. And yet it's a time when family and friends can oftentimes think that you're kind of in the clear because you've finished treatment and they can go on and not really understand that it's actually a time that you may need more support and not less. And I bring that up because I just want us all to be mindful of that because this is a complicated recovery process and it's multidimensional. I really believe that there's a whole mind-body healing that we all need to go through. The more we can support each other, the better off we're going to be. This is the kind of stuff that really motivates me to want to do this podcast is I really want to talk about not only the physical healing, but you know the emotional and mental healing that's so complicated and so difficult to understand. Too many times we're in situations where there's just not support for emotional healing. And, and I think that there's some specific things that we can help each other and support each other with. And I hope this podcast can bring some light to that and uh, bring some uh, ideas and some creativity and maybe sometimes uh, some humor. Uh, every once in a while, I imagine I'll do a little rant and rave. If you need any support or would like to reach out, I can be reached at RadicalHealthRN at gmail.com, and I can be reached through my website at MindBodyNutritionRN.com. Until our next episode, take care. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or feedback, you can reach Deborah at RadicalHealthRN at gmail.com or her website, www.MindBodyNutritionRN.com. You can also find us on Facebook under Boobs Aren't Worth Dying For. For future episodes, subscribe on iTunes, where you can also leave positive reviews. Until next time.